Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Wendy Mann. Thanks for being on the show, Wendy. Thanks for having me, Whitney. So glad to be here. Wendy is the CEO of Crew Network and president of the Crew Network Foundation. As CEO of the 12,000, I'm sorry, member global association, Wendy is passionately committed to the organization's mission to transform the commercial real estate in- industry by advancing women. With a career spanning nearly 30 years in various leadership roles, Wendy believes that organizations thrive when members' needs are top priority and chapters have the tools and resources they need to be successful. She believes that connecting, collaborating, and communicating are key to our success in building relationships and creating change within the industry. Wendy holds a bachelor's degree in communications from St. Bonaventure University and earned her certified association executive designation from the American Society of Association Executives. She is certified as an executive leadership coach through Georgetown University. Wendy, thank you again for your time uh, on the show. Give us a little more about, you know, just who you are. I know you have a big background in commercial real estate, and I'd love for you to elaborate on that a little bit and and help us link how, how these things are tied together and why it's important. Absolutely. So I have a deep and abiding love for commercial real estate. I find it one of the hidden gems of professions in our world. Um, And just understanding what gets built, why it gets built, how you make money from the business and the value of building community have always been something that I enjoyed. And it really started with my first job in commercial real estate, which was with NAA, the Commercial Real Estate Development Association, as the number two COO there for several years. I was oversaw a number of things. One of the particular things was our research function. So I was always deep into understanding where the business was going and why it was going there. In addition to that, even before that job, my husband worked in the commercial real estate industry for an old company you might have heard of called Equity Office Properties. He works in a a REIT right now here in Washington, D.C. And more recently, our son just took a job with JLL in Washington, D.C. as well. So we have commercial real estate in our family and our blood. But in addition to that, that, that time at NAOP, I think one of the most important things was getting deep into the research side of the business and understanding and being able to look at the horizon, but understanding what's happening in the business. So it's always been intriguing to me. And I actually think that might be because I was a journalism major in college. And I don't know, you know, back in the day, I really wanted to, I have to be honest with you, Whitney, because you'll enjoy this story because of what we're doing right now. But my dream growing up was to be Barbara Walters, because I thought, how cool would it be to have a job where I meet new people and I get to ask them questions? And as I, I think, In my recent history and career, I think what's made me successful is that sense of curiosity that you need to have as a journalist, that you're always curious about not just what is happening, but why. And I think in commercial real estate, that's what has really intrigued me as I've looked at the research that we did at NAOP and what we do now at Crew Network. I like to understand not just what's happening, but why it's happening. Why are we building something here? Or how is this change in retail going to affect the community that exists or change the community. So there's some some deep questions that I don't think the average person knows. And as I joke with my son, who, who actually got a political science degree before he went into commercial real estate, no one really grows up and says, gosh, I really want to be 
a commercial real estate broker or I want to be a developer. You know, it's not like saying I want to be a doctor or a fireman. It's, and that's why I think it's a hidden gem. And there's so much value as a, as a profession, as a career. And now what's growing and what you talk about a lot is the investment side. It's how do you get into creating wealth and wealth management through commercial real estate, which I also don't think people see as one of the very solid investments you can make. And I've really enjoyed learning more about about that. So for me, personally, my passion um, has always been the curiosity about learning a new industry and how deeply I got into commercial real estate as a business, and then being able to partner that with my lifelong passion for advocating, supporting women and their careers. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, I love just the the desire to not only know what's happening, but why it's happening and, and how you, you mentioned like how that affects the community. That's deeper, I think, than most of us will tend to think about a lot of those things. And so I guess go a little deeper in, in, in just how you can help us today, just your superpower and, and what just what we're going to discuss. Well, so today I'm delighted to talk about, I, you know, when, when asked that question, what's your superpower, there's so many things I want to say, but I think what has always come to the forefront for me, and this might be because of my background in journalism, is really my superpower is my voice. And I didn't realize that for most of my career, and it hasn't been until I took this role with Crew Network that I realized that my voice gives me the opportunity to share a message about what's happening in the industry and what the opportunities are for women and for the business that they do and, and give and get from each other. You know, our organization was founded 30 years ago by women who didn't have a voice at the table. You know, it's a very male-dominated industry. And so a group of pioneering women literally got together and said, listen, if we don't work with each other, we're never going to get the opportunities for the big deal, big deals. And, and they felt literally that they didn't have a seat at the table. They didn't have a voice in the deals. So when I think back to where we are now, 31 years later, as we celebrated our 30th anniversary last year, is that my superpower of being able to give my voice on behalf of women and put my voice and our message out into the industry is one of those superpowers that I think can really fundamentally change because the more I can share with the leaders that exist in the community today that here's what's happening and we're going to talk about the data and the studies we've been doing in commercial real estate, our newly released benchmark study, about to be released, in fact, will be really powerful as a base of knowledge for today's executive leaders in commercial real estate about what exists in terms of diversity and inclusion and the value of having diversity in terms of innovation and bottom line success and profitability in companies. And, and that's not just me and my voice saying that. That's actual studies outside of what Crew Network does that validates that. Um, so using my voice and making sure that our women through me get heard about what they need and want and how it can that, you know, how the companies can benefit from that is really important. And I think that if if I continue to do that, we can make change. Nice. Well, why don't you jump right into some of the some of that data so uh, we can understand the value and profitability behind you know what you're talking about? Great. I'd love to. So our study, it's the crew be- the crew network 2020 benchmark study was released earlier this month, and it, we've been doing this now since 2005. And it was a really brilliant move by early leaders in 2005 when they started it was, look, we have to have something behind us that gives credibility to the fact that of what's happening. And so we are now in our fourth study. And I will tell you that each year, each, every five years when we do it, we're able to validate that progress is happening, except this year. 
I was really, you know, so when I look at the study, people often say, what surprised you? What really surprised me was the lack of progress we've made in the past five years. And so part of that, I think, I wonder, I wonder, I don't know this for a fact because it wasn't something that we can benchmark, but I wonder if over the past 15 years, um, from 2005 to 2015, that or those 10 years or 20 years, that companies started getting, like, we have one woman in executive leadership or we have one woman on the board, so we're good now. And so they feel like we're done. And so maybe there's not as much of a push for it as there had been in preceding years. I don't know for sure, but I'm just guessing that could it be? And I guess the other things, the, the other two things that really surprised me were the compensation gap for women. Overall, the difference of total compensation on average, including salaries, bonuses, and commission combined is 34%. So that's a gap of 34% between men and women, which is an 11% increase from 2015 since our last study. So the gap hasn't closed, it's opened up further, which is really, number one, surprising and very disappointing. And in addition to that, one of the other things we did this time in the study for the very first time was we measured the gap for women of color. And so that was a new add to the study. And I can just tell you, these numbers are very staggering and sad. So women in general earn 10% less than men in base salaries of commercial real estate, but the gap is wider for women, um, Asian women, it's 14%. Black women, it's 15%. And Hispanic and Latinx women, it's a whopping 20%. So that was just for salaries. If you take just commissions and bonuses, women in general earn 56% less. 56%, Whitney, that's a lot of money. Is that just in commercial real estate? It is just in commercial real estate. Yeah, it's just our business. So that's why you see my voice is, uh, I just have to tell this story. And so for women overall, it's 56%. For Black women, it's 71%, Asian women, 73%, and for Hispanic and Latinx women, it's 74%, just on bonus and commission. So think about that. That's almost, you know, close, getting up there to close to 100% difference between men and women. And it's just not right. So, and I can talk more about why some, some inferences we can make about that. And the second big surprise, I think, for this study was that women's career satisfaction is, is at the lowest we've ever benchmarked it. And um, it's the lowest since 2005. But just 55% of women are very satisfied for their, with their career. And I think there could be several reasons for this. One is that, you know, maybe it's just that women are just so frustrated with the fact that they're still earning lower pay, there's fewer opportunities for upward mobility, and less access to leadership roles than their male counterparts. So women could be growing increasingly frustrated with that and unable to reach or reap the financial benefits in a thriving industry, right? There's a lot of money to be made in commercial real estate. We know that, but women aren't making it. And then the other part of it could be there's a lack of progress, you know, in terms of just overall increased awareness around the disparities and challenges women face. So those could be some of the reasons that women are more dissatisfied. And the reason I mention that as a big surprise and an important surprise is that until companies can figure out how to make sure that women have satisfaction, we're going to keep losing women in this business. And we're not going to be able to make progress if women are opting out of these careers or just getting increasingly frustrated. So those are some of the key points. And I think that I'll stop there for a moment and just say- Yeah, I was just thinking like like some of the, the pay gap there that you were talking about. I wonder like- 
you know, a lot of times, it, and I see it all the time because I'm interviewing so many people, uh, you know, it is mostly men that I'm interviewing. You know, I try to have more women on, but, well, but they're more difficult to find. You know, they're more, more difficult to find in the industry, industry right? Yeah. Just exactly what you're telling us. But but I wonder too, if it, you know, it's, it's typically the man that's starting the commercial real estate business, right? Not always, you know, there's definitely more women that are doing that. But then obviously, then they're in the highest paid position in that company as it's as it started and as it's growing, you know, and so then, you know, they're staying at the top, obviously, of their business. You know, do you see more women that are starting their own businesses and coming into the industry that way, as opposed to maybe working under, you know, other people yeah. for a whole career? Yeah, you bring up a really great point. And I've often uh, mentioned this in, in the past years. And that a lot of companies in commercial real estate are family started, they're family owned businesses. And historically, the patriarch starts the business, he hands it down to sons versus daughters. But I do believe that's ancient history. And here's why I am seeing more and more young women. And there are a lot of, of I want to say cowboys out there, but I'm going to say cowgirls out there who are like, you know what, I can do this. In fact, there's a young woman in Toronto who's one of our members. She's the current cha- chapter president for that. And she just opened, she just started her own investment fund and is doing investment. And she is brilliant. I mean, and I got, I, I don't know how old she is, but I want to say she's maybe mid thirties. So I think that what we had benchmarked in the past is that women are less of risk takers than men. So you don't see them in fully commissioned roles, right? So you might not see them as a broker leading a brokerage firm. But what we're seeing now is private equity, investment. Uh, there's a young woman on the West Coast who just went into uh, started her own wealth management fund and uh, is doing multifamily investment. And then you see some of the older generation of women who did strike out on their own on these surveying side, or there's one woman out of Dallas who sold her, her sold and bought her company twice over, but who started her own business and, and did. So I think that the more we see those role models, it gives other women confidence. And I think part of what we do at Crew is bring that too. They come to a place where there's, um, it's, it's a safe place to explore what are my options instead of just accepting what's always been. So that's one thing that I would mention. The other thing that I would mention, which I think I'm very curious to see if my, my crystal ball plays out on this, is that I think we're facing in the next five to seven years a mass exodus of all the baby boomer men who have been in this business for oodles of years and had one vision and one structure of how they viewed the business. And it was very much a gentleman's club and a, and a handshake and a lot of men doing business with men. When that group of, you know, anywhere from 64, you know, 62, 63 beyond retires and leaves the workforce, you have a second generation, this next generation of men coming up in the business uh, tend to look at women differently. In fact, they've always been in a workforce where there have been women equal partners to them. And likely they have a wife who's an equal partner to them at home, who may be a working mother and they share responsibility. So I think that generationally, we'll see a shift in how men view women at more equal and more as a partner. And that will help shift the industry as well. But we can't stop talking about it. But I do want to say those cowgirls out there, if you're listening, keep riding the pony because you are going to bring it home to all of us to really make change in the industry. And and Whitney, I'll say for up front right now, I have 12,000 women in my membership. Anytime you need a woman to interview, call me because <laughs> I, right? I will find you a woman. Yes. 
you know, I wanted to go back to an earlier point that you made just about women's satisfaction just in the business, uh, you know, or in this industry is lower. And as I've thought about, uh, you know, our team and, you know, the the women that have worked for me, uh, you know, at various different parts of the business, um, you know, I even sent an email to, to one of our uh, employees this morning just saying, you know, this is what I see like you doing the next six months and kind of transitioning her to where I feel like she's more passionate, you know, and just where she wants to be long term, you know, and just so she can visualize getting there, right? You know, so where she's at now is not where she's always going to be, you know, but I thought maybe you could highlight a little bit how we can, you know, bring light to that. So our the women that are working in this industry now, you know, uh, maybe they're not at the top of the organization yet, but they may be soon. You know, how do we increase that satisfaction? And, and so they can even see, you know, where they're going long term. Well, first, Whitney, let me say that's great leadership on your part to acknowledge the person and their skills and, and understand their passion. And that's really the bottom line. So, so here's the thing as business leaders, whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. But as, as leaders, we need to figure out the people we have, what their talents are, what their passion is, and help channel that into ways that is going to be supportive and productive and profitable for the company. And the fact that you said, hey, here's where you are right now, but if you do all of these things, that they can see a vision and a path forward on their journey. And that's the same for women in commercial real estate. What I think that happens in this business is there's been oodle, I mean, I say, I don't want to keep saying the word oodles, but there's been significant focus on uh, profitability and making money. And I think we've seen a bit of a culture shift in that when some of the the recent studies of how it's not just about making money for shareholders, we must do good to do well. And I think that part of that is leaders figuring out what matters to their talent. I'm going to talk about women, but it's men too, is as a leader, if we can't figure out what matters to them and create a culture in our company, in our environment, that's going to make them want to stay and, and have satisfaction they're not going to be productive for us anyway. So our, our real goal as leaders is to say, hey, I noticed, I observed this, that this matters to you. And it can be work-life balance. It could be making money. Here's how I'm going to help you get farther in your career doing that. And I think that, you know, in commercial real estate, and I think if you've been in this business a long time, you, you know this, especially on the brokerage side, you're basically shown it, thrown into the deep water and said, sink or swim. And I think those days are over, frankly. If we don't change that model, we're not going to attract the talent we need. And that talent's going to go to Wall Street. It's going to go to technology. It's going to go so many other places than this industry. And we need that talent for innovation into the future because there's no question this business is dynamic. And in 10 years, the, the, the way that technology and the way that innovation affects it is going to require that we have young, bright minds who want to be in this business. And we have to, we, it's incumbent upon us as the leaders to create the culture that makes them want to stay and be here. So I'm going to say specifically for women, there are things that matter to women in the workplace, and we need to discover what that is to keep them and to help them glow, uh, grow and flourish and make the company more profitable. And I think it can happen, honestly. I mean, you see it, you're doing it. I'm doing it in my own organization. People really appreciate, wow, this person understands what it mat- what matters to me, and they're going to help me get there. And I think. Having been through the last six months with COVID, I think we all see uh, how productivity and efficiency can increase when we recognize the work-life balance issue for folks. I personally do not have small children at home, and but I'm, I have now a renewed empathy for parents who do, who are trying to work. So I think the more, and, and it's not just women on that, by the way, our study showed this time 
Work-life balance has moved up in the factors for men as what creates satisfaction for them. And I'm going to dig out that, I'm going to try to see if I can dig out that statistic for you. But typically we ask, what are the five top things that give you satisfaction? And for men, work-life balance kind of fell down to maybe number five. Well, it's actually moved up to number two. And so I think we're seeing more, and this goes to my point about men to the next generation of leaders in commercial real estate, work-life balance is going to matter to them as much as it does to women. So it's incumbent upon leaders to take that into consideration in the culture they're building. And it all comes back to money. So don't let me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not being Pollyanna here because we all know that bottom line matters, but the McKinsey study has shown that having more women in your organization creates better governance, more profitability, and more collaboration and better decision-making. You can't beat those things. Wendy, what's, what's been the hardest part of your, say, commercial real estate career or process up to this point? Wow, that's a tough question. What's been the most difficult for me? You know, I'll say this, this is kind of funny, but what's been most difficult for me is pacing myself. I just see so much opportunity in this business for women. And there's so many things I think we as an organization to do, you know, we're expanding globally. I just want to get out there on the road and go to these other countries where women are, are hungry for having this, the, the network that we provide. You know, one of the big things we do when we talk about talent and the talent pipeline, we have 77 chapters um, in North America and uh, our first global affiliate launched in the UK four years ago. And through these, this network that we have on the ground in all these communities, we are actually taking responsibility for the talent pipeline by going into high schools. We have a program called Crew Careers, where we go into high schools and we educate young women about the opportunities. And we talk about the broad opportunities, everything from uh, being an owner to developing, to engineering, to architecture, to brokerage, uh, to property management, so that young girls can see the opportunity that's there. We also have a program at the university level called U-Crew, which is, it's taking students who are in commercial real estate programs in their junior and senior year and helping them begin making the transition into the profession and finding their sweet spot. Is it investment? Is it in property management? But we teach them resume writing skills, interviewing skills, and networking skills, the things you don't learn in business school. And so I, I, I feel like there's so much that we can do. So pacing myself, and creating those opportunities for for the industry, really. It's not about me, it's not about crew, but creating the opportunities for the industry to really leverage this next generation and cadre of um, exceptional women into their businesses. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I'm going to say number one, because I already said this one, so it doesn't count, but curiosity and tenacity. I think those are the two things that have made me successful. And, and you know what? What the heck? I'm just going to throw in a third one. It's reading the tea leaves. And what I mean by that is there's a skill I call connecting the dots. And I think to be successful in business, in anything, you have to be able to look out on the horizon and go, okay, if this is happening over here in society, this is happening with consumers, this is what I'm seeing on the investment and, and wealth management and private equity side and what I'm seeing over here on the development side. And I go, if those things are all happening... This is how it's going to impact our membership and our organization. Here's three things I can do, whether it's start a new service for our members or if it's a address a need. But if you as a leader can do that, and I will tell you, if you ask any of the most successful leaders, 
their skill and they may not call it what I call it, but they're connecting the dots and being able to look out on the horizon and seeing what they can do right now to help reach and leverage what they see happening on the horizon. So, all right, I'm going to, I say connecting the dots, it's reading the tea leaves. It's, you know, all of that. So, so three things, sorry. No, you're already doing this at Wendy and you've, you've uh, expressed this in a big way, but I ask every guest, how do you like to give back? I'll tell you, there's nothing more rewarding for me that when I hear from a woman that I've spoken to, um, a professional who says, you don't know, you didn't do it intentionally, but you said X, Y, Z on that last call, or when you were speaking at an event, you said blah, blah, blah. She said, it just struck me. And it was, it was a moment for me that was transformative. Then I know I've reached on a personal level, someone that is going to be able to make change or see things differently or grow exponentially because of it. And so it's honestly those one, I see the big picture, as I said, but those one-off things, they kind of go straight to my heart to go, all right, you're in the right place doing the great work you need to be doing. So I find that very rewarding. And I feel very fortunate and very blessed to be doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm one of those people who gets up every morning and says, I can't wait to get to work. I know it's crazy. I wish some days I wouldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a blessed bless. p- place to be in, though. A lot of people it would is. dream of, of ha- being in that position and love going to work. So thank you for sharing that, Wendy. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I'm grateful to have had you on the show and, and just to have been able to express what Crew Network is and how you're helping women uh, in this industry specifically. So, uh, Wendy, thank you again for your time. And tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and how uh, the women listening can can learn more about the network. Yeah, well, we would welcome Welcome, we welcome all, all individuals to our network, men and women. In fact, we have 4% of our membership are men. So all are welcome. But you can find us online at crewnetwork.org. You can follow us on LinkedIn. Just find Crew Network. We put a lot of content out there. And use the Google machine and find me. I'd love to connect with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. And I just want to mention that we're not just helping women in the industry. We're helping the industry transform itself to a higher level of profitability and business self. Thank you. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.